Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Doing okay? Got any volume coming from me or no? Yeah? Okay, good deal. Well, it's always exciting to be here um, this morning and a pleasure to get to worship alongside of each of you. Um, We sang some songs this morning that really emphasize kind of where we're going with the text. Uh, The choir feature singing a song, Lord, I Need You, the confession of all of the things that Christ has done and how desperately we need the hope of the gospel. So this morning, as we get started, um, we're going to look in the book of Mark, but before we do, I want to kind of tell you a little bit, a quick story. So as many of you already know, I am an avid coffee drinker, borderline obsessive, um, I would admit. I take a lot of time in the mornings to weigh out my coffee beans, make sure that my ratio of water to coffee with every single cup is exactly right, because that matters, you know? Um, And I would be remiss if I didn't say the number of times that Kara and I have been sitting on the couch, she's working on some project, and I'm practicing the practicing the guitar, or as she calls, noodling. Um, And we're sitting across the couch from each other, and I look at her and say, you know what? I'm ready to go to bed so that I can wake up in the morning and have a big cup of coffee. I'd be just so sad to say how many times I've said that to her. But I want to tell you about a story of one night. Um, It was a year ago or so, back when I was still in school trying to finish things up, I was working on a project, Kara was working on a project, and we were about to sit down for a long night of writing papers or reading books, or I I don't even know, I was probably going to play the guitar, so it was going to happen. But we were looking across from each other, and I turned to her and said, you know what, before we get started, let's go grab a cup of coffee. So we went downtown Waco, it's one of our favorite coffee shops, this place called Dichotomy, it sits right in the heart of downtown Waco get out of our car, we walk across the street, we're on our way in, and as we do, there's a man standing kind of off to the side, just outside of the coffee shop. He says, hey, you have any money to spare? Without a second thought, I didn't even think about it, my response was, no man, I don't have any cash. I just kept on walking in. As soon as I opened the door, I looked at Kara, and we kind of, we both had the exact same look on our face. Just full realization, I missed an opportunity. I didn't talk to someone that I was supposed to talk to. So we turned, immediately left the coffee shop, walked outside and tried to find the guy. He was nowhere to be found. That was, it's a moment that has stuck with me. I mean, it's been a year and a half or longer, and I still think about that moment every time I go to Dichotomy to pay $3 for a cup of coffee. I think about that every single time. But that moment reminds me so much of the direction and the place we're going to sit this morning when we step into Mark chapter 10. This morning, we're going to hear about a few people, we're going to hear about a large crowd, and we're going to hear about uh, one man named Bartimaeus. As we do, we're going to take a look at the book of Mark. Mark is the shortest of the Gospels. It's one of my favorites to read because of how Mark writes. So in the Greek, in the original language, you basically, if you look at an original manuscript, it's a bunch of capital letters all kind of stacked together. There aren't periods, there aren't apostrophes, there aren't commas, nothing to really designate what's going to happen except for how the words are phrased. Most of the gospel writers, or Paul, or anybody who's writing in the New Testament, would use and, or then, to kind of move the story along when they change sentences. Mark was much more excitable. He would always use the phrase, immediately. It was as though Mark, as he's writing this gospel, is saying, let's hurry up, let's get through the story, let's get to something more important. He's rushing us on to Passion Week. 
because that's what was important to Mark. So as we read this story, the phrase immediately and how it sticks at the top of Mark's gospel is really, really important to how he writes. Because Mark writes with excitement, he writes with passion, and he's showing us something really special. So as we look at the story of Bartimaeus and the rebuking crowd, I think we have something really important to learn. So if you would, please turn to Mark chapter 10, verse 46. But before we do, um, would you please pray with me? God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come into a place like this one and to worship you. Uh, to see, sing songs about how great you are, uh, to sing songs about what you've done in our lives, um, and God, to gather together in community. This morning, I pray as we look into your word, as we study the book of Mark and see this story of a man named Bartimaeus, that we would walk away um, excited about this message, excited about this narrative of the gospel that is found um, within Scripture. God, speak to us today in your name. Amen. Mark ten forty six says this, And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be quiet, be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him along the way. In our text this morning, we encounter a situation um, not altogether different from what I explained about that coffee shop experience for me. We encounter a man named Bartimaeus, who's a blind beggar sitting on the side of the road on the way to Jericho. Um, We're Through this section of Mark, we're walking with the disciples, we're walking with Jesus on their way to Jerusalem, on their way as Mark is rushing us on to the events of the cross and Passion Week. But this story where we reference Jericho is probably a very familiar place to the original readers of the text. It was probably something that they were accustomed to. See, Jericho sits about 15 miles from Jerusalem, so on your way to Jerusalem, you had to pass through Jericho. Jericho was a big city. There were often a lot of, probably a lot of beggars sitting along the side of the road. Um, I imagine, oftentimes when I'm reading stories like this, I like to kind of imagine with the text. Get a visual image and see what I might be thinking, or what the text might be trying to show in terms of like a visual look. And I wonder if maybe there were some paralyzed men sitting along the side of the road, like the guy who was lowered through the roof to meet Jesus. Or maybe on the side of the road there were um, some other beggars, maybe like the blind man who was healed at the beginning of the book of Mark. Or maybe there was someone who was formerly a slave that had just been let out of slavery, like in the book of Philemon. So the sight of walking past someone sitting along the road wasn't altogether unfamiliar. They might have grown accustomed to seeing people sitting along the side of the road, kind of like we do when we see someone who's in the same spot every single week. 
um, always asking, holding the same sign every single week. And we just assume that they're okay. So during that time, Jericho was a big city. They probably expected there to be several people wanting Jesus to give them something. There was a crowd following Jesus. There were people constantly asking things of him. So I bet my assumption is that the disciples were geared up to make sure Jesus could make it through Jericho because they wanted to get to Jerusalem. They knew that their Messiah was bringing something special in Jerusalem. So I bet they geared themselves up to get through at that time. And that's when we run into this guy named Bartimaeus. And that's who we're going to kind of focus on. We're going to look at some other things as we go through the text this morning. But Bartimaeus is someone that Mark features and does something really special with. But when we learn Bartimaeus, we learn of who he is. We learn that he's just another beggar on the side of the road. Nothing special about him. His name, in fact, if you look at it as a compound word, his name literally means son of Timaeus. His name just means his dad's name was Timaeus and he's the son of Timaeus. It's nothing special. He was likely forced to sit on the side of the road by his situation. We don't know much about his background. We don't really know what caused him to go blind, but it's likely based on the context of the story that he'd been blind for a long time. So in that culture, in that day, if you were blind or if you were paralyzed or if you had some kind of physical ailment that stopped you from having a working wage or working job, you were often forced to beg. And so what Bartimaeus would do every single morning is he would walk out to the side of the road because Jericho was a busy city, so people would pass through. He'd take off his cloak, he'd lay it on the ground, he'd sit next to his cloak and just hope that people would place their money, their alms, anything that they had excess of, place it in front of him on his cloak so that he would have some kind of provision for the day. So that was Bartimaeus' morning every single morning. But I can imagine... On a day like this one, there was something just a little bit different. Maybe the footsteps of the people that were walking through the city were moving a little bit quicker. Maybe he could hear sand moving a little bit faster because there were more people walking through. And I bet days like this one for Bartimaeus were really exciting because there were more people passing through Jericho, right? Big crowds. I bet there was more money for him. I bet he got a little bit more food that night. But throughout the day, I bet he was sitting there on his cloak, hoping for someone to give something out to him, and thinking, why are there so many people here? Why is it so busy today? And then he just kept hearing this same name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I bet Bartimaeus was sitting along the side of the road, sitting next to his cloak with all of his possessions, thinking, who is this Jesus that these people are talking about? I keep hearing that name. They're talking about A wedding in Cana where he provided all of the refreshments for the entire party. They're talking about how he said things that the Pharisees totally disagreed with. And then he probably heard someone say, did you hear that Jesus healed a blind man in Bethsaida? I bet that rang true with Bartimaeus. I bet there was something that ticked in his head when he heard stories like that one as the crowd rushed by. That there was a blind man healed at Bethsaida from this man named Jesus. So in the story, we get this really interesting point. That as the crowd rushes by, as Jesus walks by with his disciples and with all the people following him, the men and the women who are following Jesus along the way, listening to his teachings, Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Cries out at the top of his lungs. Because this is his only hope, right? Otherwise, he's just going to be sitting along the side of the road. 
Lost my microphone. We're back. (laughs) And so for Bartimaeus, this being his only hope, I can imagine that he had to put a lot of weight into that cry. And what I think is interesting about this story is how the crowd responds to Bartimaeus. And I think, just like I do when I'm thinking about the image of Bartimaeus laying out his clothing and the people walking along the side of the road, who they might have been, I'm thinking about who are the people that are in that crowd. Because what's the crowd's response? If you look back at your text in verse... Let's see. In verse 48, it says, And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. So Bartimaeus, sitting on his cloak, is crying out, Son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. And the crowd's saying, Be quiet, you old beggar. He doesn't want to listen to you. So as I'm thinking through that story, I'm thinking, I wonder who's in that crowd. So as we do that, um, as I'm imagining what the story looks like, it makes me think a little bit about the book of Mark and kind of how Mark is structured. So I really like to look at biblical theological study, kind of look at it um, in terms of how the book is structured. And one of the things that Mark really, really likes to do is this theological term called an inclusio. I think it's a whole lot easier to call it a sandwich because it makes more sense that way. So what Mark would often do is he would take one story and that story would say something about the stories that follow. So in the beginning of his book, he tells a story about the blind man at Bethsaida, and then he bookends it with this story about Bartimaeus. But he doesn't just do it with these big, huge ones. He'll also do these little tiny bookends all the way through where they lead you to another story. And so the cool part about the book of Mark is that this story of Bartimaeus doesn't just sit on its own. It's not just a story of a beggar who Jesus healed. It's something altogether more. And for the original readers, and I think for us today, there's something really, really special to learn about that story. So it's with the context of reading this book, knowing that there are stories that precede it. I want to look at two more groups of people, and then we'll kind of work our way towards the end. I know this is a long story, but it's going to be fun. So before the story of Bartimaeus, Mark tells another familiar story, one that you've probably all heard before. It's about a rich young man who is also a very religious young man. In fact, this story sits in the same chapter, chapter 10, verse 17. It's the story of the rich young ruler. This guy had the finest shoes, the best food. I bet he drove a really, really cool pickup truck. Because we are in Texas, right? You have to drive a truck. So I'm sure he drove a really, really cool truck. Um, But this guy had everything he needed. And he approached Jesus one day as Jesus was walking along the way. And he said... Jesus, I've kept all the law. I've been super religious. Never miss church. I always am present or never working on the Sabbath. I've kept all of the laws of Moses. Completely religious. What else do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And I think Jesus' response is really interesting here. Jesus says, go and sell all your belongings. It's as though Jesus knew something about this rich young ruler. It reads in verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Disheartened by by the saying, he went away sorrowful. The rich young ruler went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. What could this story that precedes Bartimaeus have to say about Bartimaeus' faith? I want to look at one more group of people before we get to Bartimaeus. Um, These people were people that followed Jesus for a long time. 
probably people that were present within the crowd that was rushing through Jericho, probably the people that were walking the closest to Jesus, I would guess. Um, people that had heard his teachings, that were present for a lot of his miracles. In fact, they'd pro- they were called to follow Jesus right before this wedding in Cana that I'm sure people were talking all about. Um, so we hear this story, again, in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 34 or 35, about these two brothers, James and John, affectionately known as the sons of thunder. So James and John are walking along the way, along the road, along this road to Jericho, and they're asking Jesus questions. And one of them looks over at Jesus and says, Hey, Jesus, save a place for me and my brother at your right hand in glory. I think that's really interesting that that story, just ten verses earlier in the book of Bartimaeus, it says this, They approached Jesus just out of earshot of the other disciples and said, Jesus, we've been following you for a while. Do whatever we ask of you. Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? Excitedly they said, Let us sit next to your right and left in glory. Give us a position of power amongst the other disciples. So right before we get the story of this blind beggar named Bartimaeus, We get the story of two of Jesus' closest friends, his closest disciples. One of them, even in the book of John, is referred to as the disciple that Jesus loved, who desired to have power amongst all the other disciples. Now, we know that all of these disciples um, would follow Jesus to their death. They followed him with all that they have. But I think Mark wants us to see this juxtaposition. He wants us to see that there's a story of a rich young man who's been religious, he's followed the law to a T, but he's not willing to give of his things. And he also wants us to see that there's a story of the disciples who had followed Jesus but weren't willing to step out of a power position in that moment. Again, we know later that they did follow Jesus to their death. We know that about them. But I think at this point in the story, there's something special to be seen here. Son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus yelled even louder this time. The crowd had just rebuked him, told him to be quiet because he didn't have a place here. He didn't have a voice to talk to this Jesus person. And son of David, have mercy on me, he continued to yell. This man named Bartimaeus wouldn't let the angry crowd stop him from reaching Jesus. He continued to yell until finally, in the original text, they use, Mark uses the Greek word stas, which that word is supposed to have this unmoving, complete stop written into its language. It's, as though, it's not as though Jesus stops when he ta- pays attention to Bartimaeus and just kind of casually turns and looks at him. The Greek wants us to know that Jesus stopped in his tracks and fixed all of his attention on this person named Bartimaeus. He looked and gave him intent and focus because Bartimaeus had something that Jesus was speaking to. Son of David, have mercy on me. And I can imagine that as Bartimaeus continued to yell louder and Jesus turned and gave all of his attention to Bartimaeus, the crowd responded a little bit differently. Maybe those disciples who had rebuked him or maybe the religious rich who were walking along with him finally responded to Bartimaeus a little bit differently. Maybe a hand reached out to him and said, hey, he's calling you. Listen to him. His attention is on you now, Bartimaeus. Go to him, Right? And I wonder if the sons of thunder were two of the ones who pushed him on to see Jesus more quickly. So what happened next in the story is where this 
sandwich gets a lot of its poignancy. It gets a lot of its emphasis. So I, I mentioned how Bartimaeus would lay his cloak out every morning, and he'd wait for people to walk by and set their alms, set their food, set extra money that they had down for him, right? So the story says that Bartimaeus stands up when Jesus calls him, takes his cloak and throws it away, tosses his cloak, all of his belongings, every worldly possession that he has, everything that provided for him that day from the busy crowd that had walked by, and runs to Jesus. How different is that response than the rich young ruler? How different, is Bart- how different is Bartimaeus' faith that he's willing to take his cloak, the thing that contained all of his possessions, and throw it aside so that he could run to Jesus with everything that he had? Maybe that's our call this morning. Maybe our call is to not be like the rich young ruler who kept all of the religious rules and did everything that he was supposed to do but wasn't willing to give up everything and follow Jesus. Maybe our call this morning isn't to ask for a position of power, but maybe our call this morning is to just be faithful and take our cloak and throw it aside and follow Jesus with everything that we have. Because what we see in this story is that Bartimaeus, a blind beggar who's sitting on the side of the road on the way to Jericho, going to Jerusalem, is the first messianic confession of who Jesus really was. In Bartimaeus' cry of, Son of David, have mercy on me, he's revealing Jesus for who he's going to be, the Savior of the world. So when Bartimaeus finally does approach Jesus, Jesus softly says this, What do you want me to do for you? And I think casually, probably with a little bit of trembling, Bartimaeus looked at him and said, My teacher, my rabbi, please give me my sight. In the story of Bartimaeus, in the story of the rich young ruler that came before it, in Mark's depiction of James and John, the sons of thunder, it seems evident that that our calling in this Christian life um, is a crawl of true faith that's not centered on self-exaltation, but instead on servitude, on the desire to give of all that we have and follow Jesus well. The rich young ruler came to Jesus with religion totally figured out. He had a full understanding of how he'd follow the law, but was unwilling to look past his greed and follow him with everything. We also saw two disciples, James and John, who would ultimately follow Jesus to their death. Um, But in this moment, they were a little bit more focused on what power they could receive from him. And I think Bartimaeus becomes kind of a little bit of uh, someone we should strive to emulate at times with his faith. And we met Bartimaeus, who's a blind beggar, willing to give of everything to follow Jesus. I think in those three people, we learn something special. So what I think Mark wants us to learn this morning is that the call to follow Jesus along the way is to be fully committed to the gospel, to be willing to take of our cloak and throw it aside if that's what we're called to. The call of Jesus is one of self-denial. It's a call of reckless abandon. And Bartimaeus is an example of true servanthood. His commitment to follow Jesus, to throw off all of the things of this world and follow him, and to seek the only one that could provide for him, is evident in the story. We, too, must be willing to give of everything and follow Jesus. So this morning, um, as we're concluding the sermon and moving into a time of invitation, um, maybe some of us are entering this service entering this morning with some level of baggage. Uh, We're entering this morning with the understanding that we've done everything right. We've kept all of the law. (laughs) 
we've uh, followed the religious rules to a T, and maybe we're walking up to Jesus and saying, Rabbi, teacher, what else do I have to do? And maybe Jesus' call is for us to give of ourselves and follow him more fully. Um, Maybe for others, we are entering this story or this morning with a little bit of something different. Maybe we long for something else. Maybe like Bartimaeus, we sit longingly on the side of the road to Jericho, and we're just waiting for someone to come and save us from our situation. The truth is that Jesus gave Bartimaeus full sight, and he desires to do the same for all of us. Um, The God of the universe gave of himself so that we might have life, and as John 10.10 says, have life to the full. So this morning... Um, If you desire to learn more about the good news, more about this gospel, this message that we learn is um, worth giving everything for, um, I invite you to please come during this time of invitation. Um, I'll be available at the front, as will Daniel. um, And uh, before we do, please pray with me. God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come to you in worship and to hear about the story um, of faith in the man of Bartimaeus. May we this morning be willing and ready to throw off um, anything that stands in the way of us knowing you more. Speak to us today. Continue to move in your name. Amen.